This is the Daddy Sharps Podcast. Welcome to episode 46, everybody. My name is Luke. And I'm John. We're just a couple of dads who like to make the sharpest bets we can. And we're just a couple of dads who break down the fights that your buddies are too square to break down, John. Oh, Luke, today we're cooking up some banners and mash kidney pie, pouring ourselves huge pints of room temperature beer. Yuck. Because we're breaking down UFC Fight Night London, baby. Blimey, John, blimey. Here's the part of the podcast where Luke researches and then fills in as many English words and phrases as he can. Are you ready? I like that. I like this. Let's see How about see this it. one? I was absolutely gobsmacked at the size of this card. Hmm. Is Dana White taking the piss, John? Is oh. he? I don't know what that means. But after a good old chin wag... We broke down this card, didn't we? The Dog's Dinner and Bob's Your Uncle. Oh, Roy? We've got you covered. <laughs> UFC Fight Night London. Oh, wow. Cliche city, my man. Feel free to edit that out. But before you do, let's get excited. Let's recap our best bets from last week's UFC Fight Night Las Vegas as we ponder, as we ponder the potential of UFC Fight Night London. John, how yes. did you see last week? Well, funny you should ask, Mr. Luke. I actually did well on the card, but in best bets, not so well, sir. 0-2 in best bets. McKinney Sadikoff ends in round one. That was my first best bet. Hey, you can say it did end fast, just like I predicted. Just not fast enough. Sadikoff gets to finish one minute too long. One minute into the second round. Daddy Sharp takes a loss. Azatar versus Prada. I took Azatar. Yikes, another barn burner, just like I predicted. But I chose the wrong side here, and this Daddy Sharp takes his second loss. I can't wait to get off American soil. <laughs> I took the lumps with you. I took the lumps with you. That was yes. laughter. That was a laughter followed by some tears because uh, my first best bet should have been a winner, my man. Should have been a winner. You were on there with me, Park versus yeah. I told you these two would probably go toe to toe when they did. You Park right. came so close to winning by knockouts, but instead the Iron Turtle, God bless him, won by submission. <gasps> that just happened to be a bet, bet, a best bet loser. Next. Holly Holm versus Buena Silva turned out Ooh. to be a fantastic fight. Yep. I, I said that we had two value bets, in my opinion, in this one. Either Holm by decision or Silva by finish or by submission. Mm -hmm. I went conservative, and I took Holm by decision. Made that my best bet. That was a best bet loser. But I will say, just like you mentioned on you know, other bets on the card, I sprinkled a little bit on Silva to win by sub. After all that square money poured in on home, I couldn't say no, and and that one won. But it still wasn't a best bet. Officially, we were 0-4 on best bets for UFC Fight Night Las Vegas. Look at us. <sighs> Sometimes <laughs> you just have weeks like this. We don't yes. always get it right. But this yes. week, we're turning over a new leaf, my friend. We were a bit miffed. Oh. A bit miffed. Uh -huh. And now, I'm Hank Marvin. Starving. What the new hell does bets. that mean? <laughs> you really I, did it. I, I I read. I went deep. I went deep. Yeah, on the you did. Yeah, you did. I'm a little. I'm a little Hank Malvin. Does that help with the accent? <laughs> I like it. Okay, now I now I see what's happening. Supposedly means starving. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Whatever it means, Don, it's time to break down our best bets for UFC Fight Night London. And you, good sir, are going to kick us off. Let's uh, go. I'm going I'm going against a fan favorite here. So I, I'm looking at Barbarina versus Muradoff. My best bet here, Muradoff minus 300. We got a weight class change here. Sound the alarms, Luke. Barbarina coming up to 185 from the welterweight. He's going to beat a smaller man in this matchup, giving up a three-inch reach, and that's going to be an issue for him. He's seen a three-inch reach disadvantage three other times in his UFC career, and guess what his record is? One and two. And the lone mm. win, before you get too excited, that lone win, 42-year-old competitor, and it was a split decision. So somebody obviously thought he lost. Barbarina, last two fights you could say ended eh, poorly. Both finishes, a sub and a knockout. He fought a top 10 contender and an excellent grappler, so you can't hold too much against him. Barbarina's a brawler. That's going to be tough to trust against anybody in the UFC. On the other side, we have Muradov, a polished striker who has trouble with grapplers. His last two losses were to good grapplers in the weight class. Against strikers, Muradov is a different animal. His first three fights in the UFC were against strikers who were willing to engage with him and stand toe-to-toe. Muradov outstruck both those guys nearly two to one, and Southpaw is not going to be an issue for Muradov. He fought two so far in the UFC, outstruck them both. The only way to beat Muradov in the octagon is grappling and takedowns. Barbarina, not exactly known for his wrestling (laughs) in 17 UFC fights. Barbarina has landed exactly, Luke, exactly two more takedowns than me and you. The last one coming in 2016. Not good. Not good. Not good. Barbarina was going to stay on the feet and give Muradov exactly the kind of dance partner he's looking for, a toe-to-toe slugfest. I like Muradov a lot in this fight. All right. All right. I love the passion that you have kicking us off for what's yes. going to be a great fight night this Saturday. All right, my man. For my first best bet, I'm breaking down a welterweight fight. I'm looking at Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts versus Johnny the Sluggernaut Parsons. Nicknames. If anything, we've got the two best nicknames on the card. I like it. Roberts fighting out of the UK is going to have that hometown crowd behind him. And this one, he's got the hype and reach advantage in this one. But he's coming off of two losses, including a first-round KO against Della Maddalena back in November. And... And he's also been knocked out in all but one of his losses in the UFC. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Serious questions about this guy's chin. He's also 36 years old. On the other side, for Parsons fighting out of Las Vegas, I don't like that he hasn't fought in almost two years. I do like that he's younger and he's going to be hungry. I do like that he's a Muay Thai fighter. He's got a, a wide range of kicks. That's your scope right there. But I don't like that he absorbs more strikes than a lot of fighters. Yeah, including as an opponent in this one. Also, Parsons grappling and wrestling numbers are just not as good as Roberts. But Parsons has zero losses by submission and only two losses by KO. Roberts has two losses by submission and he's been knocked out four times. So. Uh I know. That's the deciding factor for me right there. Watch out for Parsons connecting on one of those wild overhand rights that he that he throws often. I think this fight has the potential to end early, John. End early. Watch yes. for Parsons to win by knockout. But my best bet in this one, this fight will end in finish. Let's go a little conservative. 
it's going to end in finish is the best bet. I will be tailing you there. I'm going nice. to be tailing. <laughs> Next fight up, Herbert versus Zayam. My best bet here, Zayam, the win. I actually got this at minus 115. Last time I checked, he's now creeping up to minus 155. And Luke, when was the last time you saw me make two striking battles my best bets? Wow. Never. You're you're the wrestling Dang. guru. We're, we're in London. We should do something a little different here. Not really known for their wrestling. Don't hate me. So I'm going to go with the strikers in this one. First time for everything. There's going to be another striker's delight here. And I like Herbert to lose in front of his home crowd. Let's dive in first. Herbert, six fights in the UFC. When he extended to when he went to the big show, he was 10 and 1. Since he's been in the UFC, 2, 3, and 1. Not good. Does he belong on this level? That's where I'm beginning to ask myself. Second. Yes, he's fought some tough opponents, but after six fights, his strike defense looks real shaky. He's taken more hits than he dishes out. That's tough to win decisions in this league. Zayam, he's a pure points fighter, knows how to stay out of danger on the UFC in five fights. He's only been finished once, and that was by Terrence McKinney. McKinney, as everybody knows, he's known for that fast start, overwhelming opponents in the first round. How dominant is Zayam on the feet? Well, against Malarkey. He was taken down five times, and he showed an ability to pop right back up and win on the feet. And despite giving up five takedowns, he still won the fight, Luke. You don't see that very often. One thing to watch here, Zayam's grappling. See, there's still a little grappling in there for me. In his first four UFC fights, he only landed one takedown. In his last fight, he landed three takedowns. He's active with takedown attempts, too. In three of his five UFC fights... He has attempted at least five takedowns. Herbert, that takedown defense is going to be exposed, my man. This guy only stops 52% of them. That is not a very good number for a UFC fighter. And a little known fact here before everybody says, but Herbert's fighting in London. It's his home crowd. This is his fourth fight in a row in London, and he's one and two so far. I think he needs to get on an airplane and go somewhere else. Not the first time the crowd there would be left silent. Yes. In between fights. <laughs> I love that one. I'm, I'm behind you all the way on that one as well. All right. For this next one, you reminded me. Uh. You, you looked at the card first. You said, hey, man. Hey, man. It's your and boy. I, and I saw it. My boy. And I, I, I got to break this one down. I've got to make it a best bet. This could be one of the more exciting fights of the night. I'm just telling you. We've got dangerous Davey Ooh. Grant versus Daniel Marcos. Marcos, a moderate to, to, to light favorite in this one. I'm telling you, I love me some dangerous Davey Grant. Yes, you do. There yes, you do. <laughs> argument to be made. <laughs> Both fighters, however, to win this matchup. Marcos is arguably the better striker. He's quick. He lands more strikes. He absorbs less strikes. He also has better striking accuracy. Grant tends to throw more overhand looping shots. That's kind of what he does, but he uh. is the better grappler. Grant averages more takedowns with better accuracy on the takedown. And if Marcos starts landing those strikes, you watch. Dangerous Davy Grant's going to look for the takedown to slow down the pace and avoid those accurate shots. But there's also another factor, John. There's another factor in all of oh. dangerous Davy Grant's fights. That oh, I let's hear it. Love. And that is the size of the man's heart. The guy just, 
doesn't know the meaning of the word quit. Doesn't know it. Nope. <laughs> in his last two fights, he's been beat up only to eke out a KO and a submission in the last round. And you know what's going to happen in this fight? Mm. He's going to get that. beat up? Not no? That. Not oh. that. I don't think he's got it this time around. Oh, time. what? Are we going again? Time may have run out on the 37-year-old. May have run out. Money has been pouring in on the Peruvian fighter instead, Marcos. And I think Marcos wins this fight. I think he does it, though, by decision, which means my best bet in this fight is going to be the over. It is the over. So uh -huh. not necessarily not going against Dangerous Davy Grant, but yeah, it's going to be the over. I like it. I never saw that coming. Do you like Grant in this fight? Uh, I thought I liked Grant, but I got to tell you, those last two performances have scared me. And he was yeah. losing that last fight bad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he was losing it bad. And he got that that finish. So, no. It's, like he, <laughs> yeah, it's just like lightning in a bottle. And I just, you know, it, it get, yeah, it's not, I just, this is not going to happen. Just be conservative on that one. And uh, while you contemplate, you know, the best value for yourself in that fight, time now to deep dive into the other fights that we like in the UFC. John, mm. it is a super long card. Am I right? Yes, yes, super it is. long. <laughs> so this you. is texted be... you this week. It was I think I texted you uh in the morning and I was still breaking the card down in the afternoon. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, you were. So we're gonna try to make this as lightning fast as we can. Speaking of lightning in the bottle, yes. But we're gonna start with our deep dive with a prelim flyweight fight. We've got Jafel Filio. Minor favorite, minus 130 in my book versus Daniel Perez. John, who do you like? I like Filio here. Tough one to handicap. Filio looked not so good in his last fight, but he was going against the grappling expert in Mokayev. Despite giving up eight minutes of control time, Filio almost submitted the talented prospect with a knee bar. I cannot believe Mokayev not only won that fight, but he's actually still walking. Perez, an alternate, he lost a split decision on the Dana White Contender Series. And Luke, you know how he got an invite back to the UFC? You want to know how? A four-fight win streak in the lower-level leagues, all round one finishes. Very impressive, until I actually looked who he fought. Uh, half the guys he fought had a losing record. I don't like that. Give me Filio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, interesting. Berez is pretty old for a flyweight, if I'm going to be honest. Filio is the younger and better fighter. I like Filio to win, most likely by decision, but I like him to win. Yes. All right, up next, a prelim lightweight fight. We've got Chris the Problem Duncan versus Yanal Red Fox Ajmaz. You like Ajmaz by finish, and you said it yourself. Chris, the problem, Duncan does have a problem. It's this dude's chin. And as much as I want to like Duncan and believe that hype that surrounds him, he hasn't shown me enough in a cage to warrant a bet. The hype I speak of is this guy was invited to Dana White Contender Series and gets knocked out in round one. Not good. Dana invited him back and he gets a round one knockout win of his own. All right, so here we go. Then he joins American Top Team. We all know how I feel about those guys. We may have something here. Then he gets a split decision in his UFC debut against a guy that is one and four on the UFC in his last five fights. A split decision, Luke. 
Not good. I'm not going to go there. And like I said before, the problem with Duncan is his chin. This guy eats a ton of shots, hard shots, and then dishes them back. But sometimes those shots put Duncan to sleep. His opponent, the Red Fox, is sneaky good. See what I did there, Luke? Sneaky little Red Fox in the forest. I, I almost went with a Hound and Fox reference, but I cannot remember that Disney movie for the life of me. But I'm going to say the Fox gets the best of it. He's got one decision win on his resume. Everything else is a finish. Interesting little note here. This man was fighting at 170 pounds, then takes a three-year layoff and comes back as a 155-er. 4-0 and at 155 pounds with three finishes. This guy lost everything but his power in the weight drop. I'm going to go with that welterweight power, and I'm going to say the Red Fox puts Duncan to sleep. Nice. I like that one a lot. <laughs> Duncan has seven wins by knockout, but he leaves himself exposed a lot. Yes. Ajmaz is also a solid wrestler. We got to talk about that a little bit. He, he's also he's a strong puncher as well. The stronger puncher, I think. I like the upset here as well, my man. Plus 120 at my book, Ajmaz with the win. What sound does a fox make? I don't know. <laughs> There's a song. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to our next fight. We've got a yes. prelim Husky fight, the heavyweights. That's right. We've got Mick Parkin, the local, versus Jamal, the Stormtrooper Pogues. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Bad jokes galore. It's I never got the good. heavy lean on Pogues. Heavy lean. Heavy. See what you did there. Yeah, you like that? You like that? All right, so Pogues, this guy's a former light heavyweight, so he was fighting at 205. His last fight, he came in at 249, so he's put on a, should we say, good weight? Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> now fighting in the heavyweight division, and in this matchup, he's going to still be the smaller man, even with the big, the bigger girth. <laughs> if you go by his last weigh-ins, parking out weighed him by 10 pounds. So by fight night, he's going to be down at least 10 pounds. The key to this matchup is a competition of the two fighters. Pogues was fighting in Bellator and PFL, pretty good leagues. Parkin didn't fight a guy with a winning record in the five fights before he got an invite to the Dana White Contender Series. And when I say they had losing records, they were bad. Two guys in the run. One of them, one in 10. The other one, two in 17. At what point do you just stop fighting? Like two and seventeen, maybe this isn't a sport for well, me. May- maybe after this uh, card as well. A heavy lean on Pogues <laughs> is where you are. Yeah, Pogues is yep. the better wrestler as well. He he's the better puncher. Parkin absorbs a ton of strikes, more than eight per minute, more than eight Yikes. strikes per minute. Mm-hmm. Not not at the Husky level, my man. Not in the no, UFC. Parkin that. <laughs> average his average fight time is also only like two minutes. Mm. Pogues is is fifteen minutes. That's his average. Two versus 15. So Parkin has no cardio at all. He is the bigger man by a lot. Give me Pogues to win, maybe even by knockout. All right, next fight. We've got a prelim lightweight fight. We've got Mark Bonecrusher DeCasey versus Joel El Phenomenal Alvarez. I really like Alvarez in this matchup. The only reason I didn't have him as a best bet Alvarez has been on an 18-month layoff. His body of work, though, very impressive. Four and two in the UFC. His only two losses are guys ranked in the top 10. He's also had two weight misses in his last three fights, so something to watch there on Friday during weigh-in. An interesting fact here on the bone crusher. He needs the land takedowns to win. It's his game. However, he has never taken down a man six foot or taller. 
Alvarez is six foot three. The big deal there is when this guy shoots in, Alvarez's feet are still going to be touching the, the canvas. It's a lot harder for him to take this tall guy down. I think that's going to be his path to victory. Alvarez is going to keep it standing. Yeah, you know, Alvarez has good kicks as well. He can submit guys also. He has two losses, as you mentioned, the UFC uh, against top fighters. is Magulov and uh, Sarukian. Not, you know, not if you're going to lose, I mean, come on, man. I mean, can you it's count that tough. against him? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Bone Crusher is seven and six in the UFC. He is just not a good striker at all. No. That said, he does have a gas tank. He, he can he can last into later rounds. I don't know that it gets there, though. I am also leaning Alvarez to win here, but it's only a lean right now. Yes. Next up, to the main card, we've got a featherweight fight. We've got Larone, the Miracle Murphy, is taking on Josh Kulabau. Kulabau. So this is the one that I like to go the distance. That's my best bet. Fight's going to go to distance, not a side. Murphy, undefeated striker who's 4-0 in the UFC. And as good as he is on the feet, he cannot wrestle worth a damn. Surrendered, ele- surrendered 11 takedowns in his last three fights. That's not good. Kul- no. Kulabau, 3-1 on the UFC. Lone loss came at 155 pounds against Jalen Turner. Keep in mind, this guy's a... 145 pounder so you can't really hold that against him i'm also saying his strike defense numbers are much better than they look he got dominated by turner who like i said was at 155 pounds and had a four inch reach advantage on him he only landed 12 shots while turner pieced him up for 55 neither of these guys have ever been finished on the ufc and i do not see that trend breaking here take the decision on this fight yeah, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Now, if you stand these guys up next to each other, and we'll see this in the weigh-ins too, take a good look because you're, you're going to see. I, I don't know why I'm laughing. Murphy it, it looks like a phenomenal athlete. He 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 fits the mold. You know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, that's that's what I want an MMA artist to you know to to look like, right? Yes. Kulabau, not a great athlete. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> look the part at all. They. They're both good fighters. Don't don't get me wrong, but Murphy is also the harder puncher in here. I, I'm leaning Murphy to win and remain undefeated uh, in his professional record. Hands down. Hands down. I like it. Next, a middleweight fight, John. We're two of the middleweights on the main card. Ooh. And I'm Ooh. really loving this fight in particular. One of these fighters. I'm going to let you break it down first. But we've got Andre Muniz versus Paul Craig. Funny thing here, I can't believe neither of us picked this as a bet, best bet because we both love it that much. Yep. I like Muniz. It should be one. It should, should be one. one. It should be. I'm gonna, I like Muniz to win. You've got two skilled grapplers with submission skills to put almost anyone out regardless of weight class in the UFC with submission. So normally when you see guys like that, those skills cancel each other out and both men stay on the feet and just strike it out. Muniz is the much better striker in that case. Craig, moving down a weight class at age 35 does not make me very comfortable in putting money on him. Yeah, this is Craig's first middleweight fight, moving down in class. Not good. And and maybe he's doing that because he was knocked out pretty badly in the first round by Johnny Walker in UFC 283. Man. Mm. His style has always been straightforward, full speed ahead. And now he's 35 years old and he's dropping 20 pounds against Muniz. Yikes. Come on, man. Come on. Give me Muniz. Give me by finish. Give me Muniz in the first round, my man. 
I got I to gotta add one thing in here, though. I got to add one thing. If you're going to watch any weigh-in, you've got to watch a Paul Craig weigh-in. Watch this guy weigh in on Friday. He comes out in the full Braveheart blue face paint, sir. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. And that's a Scottish guy. So he's got it going. (laughs) And I think of all the numbers on on this card, Muniz is is around 230, 220, 240, fluctuating in that area right there. I don't know how this one, I think a lot of the others are overinflated uh, on this card. I yeah. don't know how this is at minus 230 or 200. I don't I was get surprised. it. Why isn't yeah. this minus 400? Exactly. I, I so, think maybe the weight class is throwing them off, but I don't I don't see that so, as a problem. So here's what we do. All right, let's get through the weigh-ins with the blue paint and the... <laughs> yes. Whatever that guy, whatever Mel Gibson yelled. I, freedom! Oh, that's what it was. Freedom, <laughs> that's right. Freedom. 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 Freedom my ass. All right. So... <laughs> So let that all happen, man. Let it all happen. Let's watch that number drive up, and let's get Muniz at a better number for us. Yes. Yes, I agree. Let's just take that guy. Buy him all around. That number yeah. goes down from 230 to like 190, 180. Then the numbers by finish and in first round are going to go up, baby. And that's like positive it. cash flow. I think yes. that's where the value is. Wait till Saturday to make that yep. bet. All right, Agreed. next, John. We're moving on. We're moving on to the featherweights. Yes. We got Nathaniel, the prospect wood, minus 200 versus Andre Feely. Who do you like in this one? I love wood. And that's. <laughs> All right, she I'm going to move on. <laughs> I like Nathaniel. I would, say, I would say that's what she said, but that's actually what you just said. <laughs> I like Nathaniel. Give it. To me. God, Dana, I'm just going to move on here. Did it again. I think think this may be one of London's best prospects. And here he is fighting on his second consecutive London card. Uh, I'm just going to go by Nathaniel here. I'm not going to say his last name. I refuse. He's a great striker with a high fight IQ. And his last two losses, he was knocked out. The other one was a decision. He was winning the battle on the feet. But two huge takedowns killed him in that decision. Lost his chances of winning were nullified at that point. He worked on his grappling, and his last two fights, he actually landed seven takedowns while only giving up three. Who? Who did? Wood. Wood. He's really been working on his grappling. So the last two fights, ever since that loss, where he I'll, lost because of has. takedowns. How? No, I'm not going to go there. You've been working on grappling, <laughs> grappling your wood? <laughs> Take it away, Luke. Really <laughs> 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 has Feely has been in the UFC for 10 years now. Uh, He's got a a great reach advantage in this one. He's got the experience advantage as well, obviously. And, you know, look, everyone loves watching this American fighter. He's a great fighter. He's a great fighter. Wood is smaller. What's that? Not my wood. Wood, (laughs) the fighter, is smaller. What happened there? (laughs) But quicker. Smaller is sometimes quicker. This is going to be a hometown, (laughs) hometown crowd. For Wood, he lands a lot of strikes <laughs> with a lot of accuracy. Give me the Brit at home. Wood will win this fight. No problem. To the co-main events. The co-main event, a women's flyweight fight. We've got Meatball, Molly McCann, the local. Minus 200 against Julia Stolarenka. What do you like about this fight? Sir, the one thing I do like is when Meatball fights a grappler, 
It's not good for Meatball. She's got a big name, and I'm loving the plus money. Give me Julia all day long. I even like Julia by finish. Oh, I, I, I hear me out. So I, I have a little more to share, and then, and then I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of value in this fight. I've been finding a lot of value in in these female fights, like you, higher up on the card, higher you up. You were on, on a hot streak. I'm telling you, man. Stolyrenka is one in four in the UFC. In her last fight, she was knocked out by Chelsea Chandler in the first round. You remember Chandler, and you yes. listening remember her because of UFC last weekend. Yes. You she saw her against Norma Dumont. At one point, she was getting hit so hard. What did she do? It was like a flash on the screen. Cameraman didn't know what to do. Director didn't know what to do. Camera one, camera two, camera one. What the hell is she doing? Was she I did? watching a 5K? Or a fight. <laughs> she turned around and she sprinted to the other side of the octagon. Very odd. I mean, I know what she was trying to do, trying to get her back up against the the, the chain link there, but uh, very odd. Look, McCann is coming yeah. off a loss to Aaron Blanchfield as well. That fight, this is the fight before Blanchfield choked out Jessica Andrade. That speaks to McCann's one weakness, as you mentioned, her wrestling and her grappling. It's just not there. And on the other side of this, Stoli Renka... It, has nine wins by submission. Nine. Mm. She almost had Chandler in an arm bar early on in that fight before she got tagged in the face and then and it was over. Yeah. McCann will have the crowd on her side. There's no doubt about it. They're going to be excited. It's the co-man event. She was minus 350 earlier in the week, though. Let's talk about this. She was minus uh -huh. 350 when the, when the odds came out. My book has her at minus 200. Are they kind of rethinking things, I wonder? I don't know that anything has changed since then, other than people kind of know that McCann can't take on grapplers, so maybe money is pouring in. I, I love two bets in this fight, John. I love the under, and I love that this fight ends in a finish. I love those oh, bets. Oh, tasty. I'm leaning toward the upset, though, total upset, Soliorenka by submission. Nice. That's a nice payday right there. I think so. Shall we do it? <laughs> Shall we move on to the main event? Ooh, I like this one. You I like this fighter. More to talk about this one, John. A heavyweight fight. The Huskies. We've got Tom Aspinall, majorly huge favorite versus Marchin Tybura. Should he be favored by that much? I like this cat. I am leaning Aspinall by finish here, almost a year Ooh, to the day. By finish. By the finish, baby. Aspinall, almost a year to the day. He was in this same arena, in the same octagon, same building, same town, and he suffered a devastating knee injury 15 seconds into the fight against Curtis Blades. And here he is again. Another chance to headline, fighting in front of his home crowd. Aspinall, for my money, He's the best striker in the heavyweight division. Now, notice how I said that. I'm not saying power. He's not Derek Lewis. He's not known for his power. I'm saying technique. This guy's a boxer in here. He's trained with Tyson Fury. In 15 pro fights, he has no decisions. Tybura, this guy's as tough as they come. He hasn't been finished since 2019, but before this unfinished stretch, he was finished three of four times. So... Is he protecting his chin better? I think Aspinall is going to find it. I see Aspinall overwhelming him with volume and putting an end to this five-round fight early. I always go to the ounces in those gloves, my man. You know, heavyweights, it doesn't matter if you it necessarily if you throw just this massively powerful punch 
if you connect with those four ounces of padding sometimes and you're accurate and you hit it just right, you, you, okay, it hurts someone, it stuns them, and then you follow it up with some shots. could be devastating. I'm with yes. you on this one. Aspinall is six foot five, dude. Big boy. Big boy. More athletic fighter. He's, he's, he's lankier, so he can grapple too. We forget. He can grapple. He can get guys. Yep. Uh, he's got eight wins by KO and four wins by submission. Aspinall will win this fight. There's no doubt about it. UFC is going to want to end what it's going to be a great weekend with a fantastic win with the crowd going crazy. If you're looking for more return on that investment, though, we are a gambling podcast. I think you take Aspinall by submission. I hear you. I think that's that's a good bet there. He's got some subs. He does. He's got some subs. And I'm thinking that hear me out uh, aspinall yeah he yeah he's gonna knock the guy out but you're not gonna get a lot of roi on that bet you're gonna get good positive money there's no question but if you really want to go for it sprinkle a little bit on that submission because what happens when tybura turns his back on him a little bit because he's getting punched left and right turns his back and all of a sudden you got him in a choke it's over yes yes all right dude all right dude let's Recap our best bets for UFC London. John, I am tailing you, I should say, on all of your best bets this week. And that's how much I believe in you, sir. Ooh, how much I, I like it. Remind, remind us and the listeners who you're going with. So I like Muradov over Barbarina. Barbarina going into the new weight class, moving up. Muradov's going to kill him. And then I like Ziam over Herbert. Ziam's been working on the grappling, and I do believe he is the better striker. Those are my best bets, Maradoff and Ziam. I love those best bets. For me, I'm, I've got Danny Roberts versus Johnny Parsons. My best bet in this fight, it will end by finish. These guys are not leaving the octagon. No one's going out the door with a decision. This one's going to end in the ring. And then I've got one of my Favorite fighters of all time. Dangerous. Davey Grant versus Daniel Marcos. Grant does not give up. The guy does not give up. But in this one, my best bet, take the over. I think that's the conservative bet here. Take the over in this fight. This thing will go the distance. All right, John. Tasty. I'm loving this card, and I cannot wait to break it down early morning with the warm beer and the bangers and mash, or maybe a fully cooked breakfast. I don't know, whatever it is. Fish We're going to be there. We're fish and chips, whatever you want. We're going to be there. <laughs> We're going to be there. But unfortunately for now, that's going to do it for the Daddy Shark Podcast this week. Remember, though, always gamble responsibly and within your means. And the bets we share are based on our own research. We don't always win, although we do win often. Yes, and be sure to check us out on social media at Daddy Sharps on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be back next week with all our best bets and much more. Oh, yeah, we are. But, John, first, who is your daddy, my man? We are. <laughs> Stay sharp, everyone.